From the University of Alabama's Culver House College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories from those people who both inspire and make a difference in our community. On this special episode, hear from Zach Thomas, Director of Marketing and Communications at Culver House, as he talks with Chris Lambert, wealth management professional at the Trust Company in Knoxville, Tennessee, philanthropist, and 2008 graduate of our finance program. Today, they will discuss Chris's career trajectory, his community involvement, and his time at the Capstone. I'm Zach Thomas, Director of Marketing and Communications for the Culver House College of Business here at the University of Alabama. Uh, it's my pleasure today to talk with Chris Lambert, a wealth management uh, professional who is a graduate of our college, who currently works for the Trust Company of Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast. We're really honored to have you here today, and I'm uh, looking forward to learning a little bit more about you, uh, what drives you as an individual and professional, uh, a little bit about your history, um, and how you're still engaged with the University of Alabama community. Um, Absolutely. Um, so let's get right into things. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing and where you live and all of that stuff. Okay, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Anytime I can talk about uh, a connection with the University of Alabama, I'm all on board for, especially Culver House, also there at the college. Um, so I grew up here in Knoxville, was actually born in Nashville, but grew up in Knoxville, moved here when I was a little kid and graduated from a large high school here in town. So, you know, being around a lot of people, a big school has always been a part of my nature. So it helped with my transition when I was looking into to attending the University of Alabama. Uh, majored in finance there at Culver House, graduated in May of 2008, and then entered into the finance field. I've had a variety of different roles, lots of really wonderful bosses, which I'll talk about, and um, established some incredible mentors too. But it's enabled me to have a really great experience as a graduate and as an alum of the university. So uh, working in the wealth management field where I get to work with families, helping them through you know, some pretty complex planning needs, specifically multi-generational family wealth, personal trust, um, maybe a counselor at times and all sorts of things. And, and all while, you know, trying to promote uh, what is best for them and for their family's futures. Yeah. And some, I'll talk a little bit about what you're doing um, in your current work. It's, it's, I guess it's no pun intended that, um, you know, you work for the trust company and, Trust is such a big part of financial management, right? And establishing trust. Tell us, like, how do you establish trust, and like, what does what's that look like um, in the relationships that you grow, in that you sustain, and is this something that you've that you feel that you've learned as part of just through working, or is this something that you've kind of grown through a mentorship? Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely, uh, trust is critical, and it's key to work in really any industry. Uh, you know, if you're working with a client or with a family or whatever the case may be, a student, if you don't have their trust, you're not going to go very far with helping them. So one of my biggest things is just to always do what's right. And when I'm working with families, you know, listening to what their needs are, understanding what their expectations are too. Some people, when they meet, they don't want to talk about what's going on out 
side in the political world or the, you know, college football world or whatever the case may be, or they may not even really want to talk about the family dynamics. They want to get right into the mechanics of their relationship. And that's perfectly fine. That's where I want to build their trust by tailoring that conversation with them. Or, you know, you might have those people who really like to talk a whole lot of, you know, catching up and maybe a small percentage of that regular review meeting or conversation surrounds the actual account performance or what they have going on. So it's really being a chameleon with your clients and following what you feel is their, what they're hoping to get out of the relationship with you. Um, another thing is I've learned in this industry from my time at the university and in my career, I've been in the field now for about 13, 14 years. And one thing that I fortunately learned pretty early on was don't try to be the smartest person when you're not the expert in that field. Don't be afraid to bring in experts and don't try to false your way through a conversation. A, they'll always figure it out. And if they don't figure it out, then they'll figure it out later. And that certainly doesn't help with the trust. So I really enjoy surrounding myself with a strong team and with here at the trust company of Tennessee and, you know, letting them foster my ability to help build the trust with my clients. That's what I enjoy the most. I would say I've always been a relationally driven individual, whether it was when I was a young kid, maybe an old soul. I've always been a little bit of an old soul conversations and everything and talking with family members or business leaders, even as a young age end of my time at the university where I was able to get involved in some really phenomenal experiences. And a lot of that taught me how to work with all sorts of different types of people and to never only focus on a certain type of individual. And most importantly, work with people who don't think like you and work and look like you, because you're going to learn a lot from them down the road too. That's really awesome to hear. And something about talking about, you know, your experiences at the university, being a part of a college campus, you get exposed to so many different ideas, so many different people, mm -hmm. so many different cultures and so on. Um, how did you get involved with activities here on campus? What were some of the ways that you really got to grow your network, um, learn new ideas, ways that you got involved? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, corporate governance, university governance, and student government type things have always been a big interest of mine. I didn't do any of that in high school, but when I came to Alabama, um, you know, I, I looked into getting engaged and I've always had a philosophy of uh, get involved and stay connected. So if you're going to get plugged into something, stay connected with it. So the, one of my first experiences was through my fraternity, Kappa Sigma, um, going through that role as a pledge up through president and working with not only the fellow fraternity members, but also the um, alumni base and the parents, establishing a good relationship with the parents. Um, after all, they're usually the ones paying the bill and it's good to be on a good standing with them. Uh, so that was one area. And then in with SGA, Student Government Association, I got plugged in as a senator, worked hard in that campaign world, uh, was appointed treasurer. And when I was senator to treasurer, I got involved with the Financial Affairs Committee. And I'll tell you that um, opportunity was incredible. When I, I then became vice president for financial affairs of student body, 
With that came the chairman position of Financial Affairs Committee. You might know that as FAC on campus. At the time, there were 350 student organizations. I think there are well over 500 now. So a minute ago, I talked about how you want to associate with people who are different than you and have different backgrounds. I can't even tell you how much I picked up from my time being a, a voting member, being vice chairman or chairman of FAC. You have to think about it. I was able to meet and uh, talk with the president and the faculty advisor of every student organization. So whether it was the um, you know, International Folk Dancing Club or the Indian Association of Tuscaloosa, the engineering students, uh, you know, the finance students, the arts and science driven organizations, it absolutely opened my eyes to making sure that the university is a good place for everybody on campus. And that was my mission as chairman to make sure that we would, we would fund those needs that they had and help them go on their trips. And I loved walking across the quad and being able to see somebody that I typically might not know or being in a restaurant and seeing them. That made it a lot of fun and it made it all worthwhile. So that led me into my career where I was able to work with all sorts of types of people. And um, I've started out in, in banking after I graduated from Alabama in a management training program for a local community bank. And part of that position was starting out as a teller. And I think everyone who wants to seek a management position or some type of you know, role of responsibility in an organization, that frontline role is critical. And that taught me that the client experience is important, you know, reaching out, making sure you're fostering their needs, just like I did when I was able, or I was able to do with a great team at Alabama and the various roles that I, I was able to get involved with. So the skills I learned on campus in those roles played way after graduating. And I still, I can still remember, have a very vivid memory. And I have, I remember a lot of great conversations and I, a lot of important takeaways that I've tried to implement in my professional role now too. That's, that's really super. And I, I think that's something that you mentioned, um, you touched, well, you, it's, a, it's a key highlight of what you just talked about was getting involved and getting engaged. And one thing I really wanted to talk a little bit about is just how you're involved. You know, looking at your background and what you're doing right now, you're involved in so many different community groups um, things you're giving back to the community in a lot of different ways. Tell me a little bit about how, how you come up into some of these organizations or how you've gotten engaged with these folks and what you're offering them. Tell me a little bit about how you're leveraging your own background, your expertise areas to benefit these organizations too. Definitely. Well, obviously I'll start with the university of Alabama, um, which is at the, the heart of a lot of my involvement. I was fortunate enough when I was a student, I got to travel with uh, Dr. Witt at the time to come up to Knoxville and speak on behalf of my experience as a student to the alumni chapter here locally. So that was, I did that three times and that was a way for me to get involved with the local chapter even as a student. So by the time I graduated, and I have a good story about that, a good sales uh, development story from one of those experiences I'll share with you with Dr. Witt. Um, so in getting engaged with the alumni chapter back then, I was familiar with them, familiar with their goals and their mission, 
So when I graduated, the local chapter president said, hey, we need a secretary. He moved. Uh, you just graduated. The East Tennessee chapter needs someone to step in. I got right involved, didn't really know a whole lot about the Alumni Association at the time because I had only been out of school for a year. Quickly learned that the East Tennessee chapter, it's about an eight-year commitment to be secretary, vice president, president, and past president. So I I was able to do that pretty young, right out of school. So I, I loved it. It was an incredible experience. I went through those roles with a main focus. I had two focuses when I was involved with Alabama through the alumni chapter, um, fundraising and student recruitment. I mean, alumni chapters, it's great to get together and watch football games or basketball games or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, the reason is to try to help recruit the top students back to the University of Alabama. And so that, that has been a big mission of mine, helping uh, connect the, the students, but the parents also to the Discovering Bama program that is led by the Alumni Association, and then the VIP tour experience that is led through the admissions office. So I was always, I continue to connect, uh, you know, great students in high school, and their parents and transfer students, community college students, don't want to forget about them too. It's a big part of it also. Help make sure they see what the university can offer them. So kind of then after that, I, a couple of years later, I was nominated for regional vice president. So there are six regions of the National Alumni Association, and I was nominated for region three. And that's the role that I'm in currently. With that role, my focus continues to be fundraising, student recruitment, and helping implement ways for all of the out-of-state chapters to really succeed, especially during the pandemic. So Alabama was, you know, my main focus of involvement early on. I, I've been involved in a few other uh, philanthropic missions throughout the community, uh, whether it's United Way or, you know, um, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, um, some that are very important to me. And then eventually, in fact, United Way, the current, the CEO at the time of when I was volunteering, ended up becoming my father-in-law. So that was kind of a neat thing. So married, I married his daughter. And then later on, um, swimming has been a huge interest of mine. I was a competitive swimmer growing up and swam for the local year-round team. And I uh, just recently rolled on as president of Tennessee Aquatics, which is the year-round USA swimming sanctioned team. Um, similar to Crimson Tide Aquatics there um, in Tuscaloosa. And so it's obviously involved with University of Tennessee, but um, we are our own entity. And I had to learn a lot from my time at Alabama managing um, challenging situations and working through challenging times. I mean, we were able to continue our programming through the pandemic and offer that in a time when pools weren't open and kids wanted to swim. So we had to, we had to get through that. And that was a big experience, thanks to a great team that I have uh, working with me at Tennessee Aquatics. And then Rotary, uh, Rotary Foundation, or the Rotary Club of Knoxville uh, welcomed me about six years ago, five or six years ago. And, and it has been an incredible way for me to get involved and expand my network there. Um, all of those are areas. The Children's Museum here in Knoxville um, with an eight-year-old, it's a lot of fun to try and give back to the areas that want to help give those, eight, give those children the aha moments. And I was on that board for three years and 
Oh, that was a lot of fun. So, you know, in, in each of my areas of involvement, one thing that I did learn from Alabama was if you're going to get involved, try and find the area that you can give the most to and build on that. And those routinely have been fundraising and recruitment, recruitment of members, recruitment of board members or uh, students back to the university. So those have been some of the focuses and the different areas of involvement that I've um, had the pleasure of working with. That's really incredible. Just seeing, well, actually from hearing you talk about you find areas that you can give the most to, and then it all grows from there. Obviously, with a passion for the University of Alabama, you're able to leverage your own background, your own experiences, your passion for this campus, and all that you're able to do while as a student and also as an alum to help grow a network and to drive that future generation, right? Absolutely. So you're involved in an organization uh, called Leadership Knoxville. Tell me what you do there um, and what your role is within the organization. Leadership Knoxville is an annual class where about 54 people here locally are selected and you get involved with an incredible group of business leaders of really all levels of their career. And they're usually those that are in management positions or maybe retired positions. And one of the things that Leadership Knoxville taught me this year, and I was supported by my employer, by the way, the Trust Company of Tennessee supported me through this effort, which I'm extremely grateful for. Leadership Knoxville, you know, they're big on giving back to the community. One way that I wanted to kind of tie in all my areas of, of involvement is to help uh, streamline and bring back the best and brightest graduates from the University of Alabama, whether they're from this area or maybe even take a few from that are from other areas and help place them with some of the current employers that I have a great relationship with that were really all fostered from Leadership Knoxville. So I'm working with the Career Center and a few other um, you know, initiatives at the university to introduce these big employers in the community and make sure that they're aware of these great students that are coming out of coming out of Alabama and giving them an opportunity for employment. That's really great to hear. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of company or a lot of cities have organizations like this, but, you know, of course, like, you know, having someone like you, you know, offer your expertise and your connections obviously benefits it greatly. And then this campus has so many interesting things going on right now. And also in the future, the the pl they never stop planning for what's next, right? And this is something that maybe we're not so familiar with, but um, you know, alumni that aren't so engaged, have you encountered some of those folks and how do you kind of get them, how do you tell them about what's going on and how do you bring them into the fold, so to speak? And, or like, actually more like bring them back into the fold. Definitely. I love that question because in anything, you, building excitement or interest can't just be a one size fits all approach. When you're working with alum or maybe there's an alumni base in a local area uh, that might not be as involved, it's trying to find what makes them interested or build on their experiences at the University of Alabama. So if they were really involved in, you know, the sciences or politics or, you know, medicine, then help get them engaged with the right people on campus to reconnect them to the areas that did bring them so much, whether it was personally or professionally. Um, you know, so some various examples would be, there might be somebody who 
they helped um, develop some intramural opportunities. You know, maybe there was an intramural sport that they didn't have. And, um, and so they brought it on campus. So being able to kind of connect them back with that active, you know, sport or whatever on campus, it makes them know that what they created, you know, less uh, created a lasting impact there on campus. But you don't have to always, um, and you definitely don't want to force people in an involvement too. Some people do, they just want to get together and watch games, you know, do a, do a, a viewing together. And that's totally great. Um, other people aren't interested in sports, you know, and they want to focus on the academic piece. So help them build on that recruitment piece. And it, it's really great when you can see somebody help connect maybe their family member or a neighbor that is an incoming student and it gets the parents involved and they're like, wow, I actually had an impact on, I didn't know that I could help them get a specialized tour at the university, you know, and, and then especially when they enroll, a lot of the, the reasoning behind that enrollment was due to that one alum who maybe did not know that we had offered that service before and then they had a true hand in, you know, helping them. Well, you say something right there that really speaks to the heart of what we're doing um, amongst my team. So I work with our development officers. Mm -hmm. um, I work with our alumni and corporate relations team. And I know you know some of those folks. And so we all connect the dots between our alums who are heavily engaged, who also maybe know a few folks who are like, ah, you know, I went to UA and I don't, I, I watch them on the football, you know, I watch football, you know, you know, every once in a while, but how do you get them to feel that passion again and to feel connected? And um, hearing that methodology and your approach toward that really strikes to the heart of what we also do just as staff members and working here, right? Um, it's all about creating that passion and creating that engagement. And also another thing that you mentioned that I really want to just like, you know, focus on a little bit is, is about, you know, the next generation of students, all those incoming, mm -hmm. the incoming cohorts that come in. Of course, everyone knows about the University of Alabama story at peripheral sense. They see, they know how we are in, uh, in athletics. They know that we're um, a prestigious source of academics, um, that you get this really unique experience here on campus. But bringing, you know, connecting the students with uh, a faculty member or an alum mm -hmm. who's heavily engaged and say, you know, you're 16 or 17 years old, you're trying to figure it all out. But have you really learned about what the University of Alabama is all about? It's not just Nick Saban, right? It's all this other stuff that's part of that package too. And that creates the love, right? Absolutely. This is really cool. Um, so, you know, I know that we have, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I really want to give you the opportunity to maybe talk about anything that really drives you, um, how you seek inspiration in your work, whether it's in your, in your firm or at home, stuff that kind of like. It inspires you. What? Tell me a little bit about that and walk me through that. Well, obviously through my family, uh, wife and son, you know, we like to do a lot of things together. So family involvement and anytime you get to see, so Rex is eight years old and get to watch him, um, you know, excel in a sport. <laughs> I love that, you know, seeing, seeing that, that hard work and de determination and that can correlate to anything in life, whether it's, you know, learning to read and, and having that aha moment of, uh, you know, clarity in that regard or sports athleticism or whatever the case may be um, that I love seeing an end result that brings back to someone that oh, I reached a goal. 
I'm a goal-driven person. So when I get to help someone reach a goal, I love that. So, you know, when my wife and I are trying to plan for a trip or whatever, you know, it's when we reach that goal and we're able to do it. That's, that's the moment of inspiration on that piece. Professionally speaking, uh, I am really fortunate to have the great team that I have here at the Trust Company of Tennessee, and they're very supportive. Being here in Tennessee, they're still very supportive of the efforts and the enthusiasm that I hope to always put towards the University of Alabama. And, you know, on the professional side, as far as inspiration, when I'm working with clients, and helping them reach a goal. I know that sounds simple, but you know it's a lot more complex than that. That goal could be a variety of things. That goal could be you know feeling comfortable with an asset allocation of their overall portfolio and how we held their hand during a pandemic when the markets went nuts. You know that's a big goal where they felt confident with us. Or it might even be the goal of you know helping a a uh, lot of different family dynamics where you have lots of personalities coming together and you're able to reach a common or a, you know, a common goal, a conclusion associated with whether it's an inheritance or, you know, um, a life change in that family. So being able to reach, you know, the end result through that, I see that as inspiration too. But um, and then also in business, you know, you'll hear a lot, but referrals, I mean, receiving a referral from a current client, that's inspirational to me also, you know, to, to know that they trusted me enough to send someone from their family or friend um, my way or my team's way, um, you know, that speaks volumes too. So inspiration is a, is very critical, I think, to success and trying to always improve yourself. And like I said, surround yourself with good people and good things will come. That's really incredible. And I really appreciate those insights right there. Tell us a little bit about your experience at Culver House. Where are some of the folks that you got to know here in the college and maybe even across the University of Alabama as a whole that really uh, you, know, you connected with? Definitely. Well, I, I've said before, I have a pretty vivid memory, so I can almost remember um, most of my classes, and, and I definitely remember all of my professors, and I'd say maybe even the good, the bad, and the ugly sometimes of going through some of those courses. They always ended good, though, you know, uh, especially at Culver House. A few people really um, that, I can, that I can say had a lasting impact on my education there as far as a professor, you know, you think a lot of times that um, they have, you know, you have to only focus on those that are in your career or in your concentration. Um, and I did have some that really helped, but one in particular would have been uh, GBA 490. Of course, you take it as a senior, and that would be Dr. Ron Dulick. Um, he gave us the opportunity to you know, create a company. Uh, I think we were supposed to be producing shoes, our group. And I remember everyone in that group, I'm all very good, close friends with, with them still. Now, we definitely were not the most profitable unit, but uh, we had a lot of fun and I learned a whole lot. I do remember Dr. Dulick um, putting forth the focus of you learn a lot in a textbook, but you're going to learn way more in the real world. And oh, man, I could that should however his quote was, it stuck with me. And um, I remember that all the time. Dr. Benton Gupp, um, I think that was finance for. 21 or so. I may have butchered that number, but uh, bank administration, Dr. Gupp's uh, class, one of the best exercises he did was to create a loan package that you would present to a loan committee. When I was a very young bank manager at Bank East, 
I got to present to the executive loan committee, the ELC, a loan package. And, and guess what? I had already practiced that before. Of course, I'd sat through that meeting before, but you talk about a real life experience. That was awesome. Last professor, and, and I wish I could name them all, but Dr. Carol Carroll, Dr. Carroll and Finance 450, I think it was, Corporate Finance. Um, I actually took this class two times, I will admit, and uh, the accounting side of it was pretty difficult for me, and um, I had a harder time on that part, but uh, after my summer term of it, when I finished the course, uh, she took us all in the classroom. She said, I want you all to know something. When you're in the working world, you, are, you will be incentivized off of hard work. Because of the hard work that each of you all put forth in this class over summer term, which she said you shouldn't even have to take it because it's so crammed in a summer term, she helped us quite a bit if you and and I, I don't know what the academically you know appropriate term is but certainly helped us throughout the term make sure that um, we those that worked hard um, saw the benefits and I think of that still all the time you know you work hard you're going to get results and don't be afraid to ask questions so I've done that in my working world too on the administration side through my roles and some of the involvement that I had you know, uh, starting from Dr. Bonner, who was the provost when I was there, still a very dear friend of mine and my wife. Um, she's been a very good friend to our family. Um, and by the way, I married a Tennessee graduate. So Dr. Bonner loves us even as a house divided. She loves us both equally. And so, uh, you know, uh, she, no matter if you were the top ranking dean, the number one ranking student or the biggest donor, she did not she cared, of course, what, how you did, but she, it didn't matter who you were is what I'm getting at. As a student, she listened to you, and she still does, even in her retired retirement. I, I stay connected with her. Dr. Kathleen Kramer, Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs, um, a huge friend of mine and my family's, um, and has always been there to support us through SGA. You know, I learned a lot also with Susan Caples. She helped us. She was our SGA advisor. And I learned a lot of real world experience and how to handle that. Um, and then last but not least, Tommy Davis. Tommy Davis was former director of admissions. He was my fraternity advisor. He recently passed away about a year ago. Uh, Tommy was the ultimate connector, you know, and he absolutely laid the groundwork for my time and, and those times that I felt I succeeded at Alabama. And absolutely, there were times I did not succeed at Alabama and he helped me stand back up and get connected with the right people. I could not thank everyone at the university, whether it's through Culver House, SGA, uh, Greek Life, administration, enough for all that those did to, and continue to do to help all the students. I remember each and every one and those that had a lasting impact. Those, that's just a small handful of those that I had to think of. Um, before we close, I want to just give you opportunity to ask you, um, so, for an alum who wants to get more engaged, what's the best way that they can reach out and um, learn a little bit more about the opportunities with the National Alumni Association? How, how do they do that? Well, the National Alumni Association has, um, you know, over 100 chapters across the country. I would get on the website, um, National Alumni for NAA, National Alumni Association with the University of, of Alabama, and look up the local chapter for where you live um, and reach out to that president. However, you can absolutely reach out to me and I'll make sure that you get plugged in with them. 
And hopefully my contact, you know, you can put my contact in and all of this. And, and I'm happy to get you engaged no matter where you live. You could live in Alaska or, or Hawaii. And trust me, the regional vice president and region five out there uh, will make sure that uh, you're you're connected or all the way up in New York. Same with that team on that side, too. So. That's super. And we'll put those in the show notes too. So that anyone oh, yeah, who's good. listening will be able to see that and be able to click right there and reach out, you know, go to the website or reach out directly to uh, Chris. Um, but anyway, I will close out and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day. Uh, give you a little bit of your time back and um, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch soon. I look forward to seeing you on campus in the fall. Zach, I appreciate it. Thank you so much and roll tide. Roll tide to you. You just heard from Zach Thomas, Director of Marketing and Communications at Culver House, and Chris Lambert, Wealth Management Professional at The Trust Company in Knoxville, Tennessee. And thanks so much for listening to Bama Means Business. If you are not a subscriber, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Culver House College of Business and what it has to offer. Roll Tide.